0: When I started the Starfleet Leadership Academy just over two years ago, it was kind of daunting. All of the things you have to know to get started. Hey, do you currently run a podcast for your business or company, or are you thinking of starting one? Are you overwhelmed a little bit, even just a little bit, kind of like I was? Well, if so, Then the Podcast for Business Conference is going to provide all the insights, the information, and connection opportunities you need to take your show to the next level. Or, if you haven't started yet, launch it with a bang. I sure wish something like this was around when I started. It takes place November 16th and 18th, and it's all online. Enjoy 12 live presentations with Q&A from industry experts, including my good friend Alex Sanfilippo from Podcasting Made Simple, a robust library of exclusive on-demand content, deep dive workshops based on the latest available data, and daily networking events. It's all virtual, it's online, and it's all recorded, so you won't miss anything no matter how full your plate is. Learn more and register at pfbcon.com. That's p f b c o n . c o m And hey, just for you, just for listeners of the Starfleet Leadership Academy, we've got a special deal. Use discount code STARFLEET to save $25 on any ticket. That's pfbcon.com and use the code starfleet. Welcome to the Starfleet Leadership Academy. Leadership development told through the lens of Star Trek. Your host, Jeff Aiken, is a 20-year veteran of the public and private sectors in management and leadership. He specializes in helping people unlock their true potential and is a huge Star Trek fan. And now, here's your host, Jeff Aiken. Welcome. Thanks for joining me today. We have a lot to talk about today, and it is some heavy stuff. Have you ever had someone on your team that just, just isn't performing? Maybe they aren't motivated. Maybe they're distracted, or maybe, maybe they're incompetent. Regardless, they can bring down a team's productivity and their morale. So what do you do about it? That is precisely what we're going to look into as we dive into the 20th episode of the sixth season of Voyager, Good Shepherd. Voyager is gonna come close to a cool cluster along their way back to the Alpha Quadrant. Chakotay, the first officer, doesn't think it's worth altering the ship's course, so they're gonna send the Delta Flyer, the super cool shuttle that Tom Paris built a while ago, with a small team to check it out. The episode opens (laughs) kinda cool. Just a bunch of crew, you know, Doing their jobs just day to day, you know? This is a part of Star Trek we see so rarely, but I love it. Like, sometimes, like being in Starfleet, yeah, it's just a job. It's not just a job, it's an adventure. I'm pretty blown away, though, by the wild inefficiency here. Multiple people pass a pad around with orders to change power distribution. One dude hands the pad to the last dude who works in some dark secluded part of the ship. Once he gets it, he looks at it, leans over, and pushes a button. Wow. (laughs) Don't you think they could have handled that from like anywhere in the ship? Do they really have to have a guy whose job it is to sit there And wait for the Pony Express to ask him to flip a switch? (laughs) Yikes. Well, button-flipping guy, Heron, spends his time living in the proverbial clouds. I'm about to disprove Schlutzhold's theory of multiple big bangs. But begrudgingly, he does his job. Seven of Nine, the ex-Borg that joined the crew a few seasons ago, has prepared an efficiency analysis of the ship and crew and is presenting it to senior staff. I've given operations an efficiency rating of 76 out of a possible 100. She's really just ripping into the crew. She lists a handful of people in a few departments that are being underutilized or aren't performing well. Telfer, a hypochondriac, Celis, a senior analyst that is wildly inaccurate. And yeah, our dude, Heron Janeway though, makes a really important observation. They've never been on an away mission. So she decides they're going to go with her on the Delta flyer to check out this cluster. They all try to get out of it. Telfer tries to get a doctor's note, but the doctor's a no-go for him. And Heron tries to argue his way out of it, but Janeway is well-prepared for somebody like him. Wang's second postulate has more lives than a cat, doesn't it? They get onto the Delta Flyer. Janeway is trying to subtly kind of recheck Salas' work, but she's not quite as smooth as she thinks. Captain checks every single thing I do. Then she tries to connect with Heron while Telfer and Salas eat lunch. He's not very open to it, but he shares that he joined Starfleet just to get the experience he needed to advance his education. He has no interest in Starfleet or its ideals. Pure theory is all that concerns me. Seeing that it's not working, Janeway gets back to work. They start to pick up some weird fluctuations and end up getting rocked by some kind of dark matter wave. Propulsion is down. They've lost most of their antimatter or fuel and their whole plating is compromised. Heron has a theory about how the dark matter was attracted to them, so they start looking for evidence on that theory. While they're doing that, Janeway tries to understand and connect with Celis. As much as she tries, though, she can't console her feelings of incompetence. In testing Heron's theory, they find a gas giant with rings that they can use to recharge the flyer, like basically give it a jump start. They use a torpedo with antimatter in it as a final test and determine that Heron's theory is wrong. But somehow, during the test, Telfer, (laughs) Telfer's basically beamed away. I can't locate his biosignature. He reappears a few moments later and his worst nightmares have become reality. There's some worm-looking thing inside him crawling around. Please, open your mind. Open your mind. They can't get a lock on it and he is Panicking. Celis tries to talk him down while Janeway and Heron head to the rings. She figures that they can recharge, get back to Voyager, and get Telfer the help he needs. As they're working, Janeway tries again to connect with Heron. You don't know me at all. No, but I'd like to. She talks about trying to connect with others and the relationships that he has on the ship, but he doesn't respond. He just stays focused on the task at hand. Telfer comes into the flight deck, and the worm thing—the worm thing—busts out of his body. Bring some water, water my ass. Bring this guy some Pepto uh, Oh no, not again. lands on a console, and a bunch of sparks and stuff start spilling out. Heron grabs a phaser, blasts it, and Janeway freaks out on him. What the hell is wrong with you? It was trying to kill us. A group of these aliens follow them into the rings are chasing them down. They aren't going to have time to recharge. Janeway tells them to get to the escape pods while she risks herself to save them. Selis and Telfer refuse to abandon her, but Heron... Heron leaves. I'll be going alone. They start to execute a dangerous and risky plan to beg off the aliens. But the escape pod, with Heron in it, has changed course. And now it's headed towards the aliens. He's going to take them out to save the others. Janeway gets the crew to work together. They're able to get close enough to beam Heron out of the pod. They blow up the attacking aliens. But as expected, the explosion takes them out too. And we fade out. When we fade back in, we're in sickbay on Voyager. There's no sign of the attacking aliens when Voyager found them. They're safe. Chakotay asks if Janeway was successful in helping the three out, using the Good Shepherd metaphor. did she find them? I think she did. The episode wanted to be good so badly. As a leadership guy, I was so excited for this one. I mean, it's perfect, right? An episode with an experienced leader taking on some underperformers, bringing them under her wing? How could it get better than that? Well, well, sadly, it could have gotten a lot better. Come to Gorks. Gorks is fun, come right now, don't walk run. I have a question for you what is one thing that separates truly great leaders from the rest like what are they doing that you aren't the answer effective leadership coaching but here's the thing it's really hard to find a coach that you will work well with that you'll get along with that will that will understand your needs And that's where the Starfleet Leadership Academy comes in. That's right. If you're a leader or even an aspiring leader that wants to develop and build your skills so you can benefit your teams and you want to do that in a fun and engaging way, reach out today. Visit starfleetleadership.academy contact to schedule a time with me, Jeff Aiken, and find out if coaching from me personally is right for you. That's Academy slash contact. Thanks, live, lead, and prosper. I do carry a select line of unique artifacts and gemstones indigenous to this region. One super cool thing about this episode, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine is and and, and was a huge Star Trek fan. He was able to get a bit part as one of the sona in the movie Insurrection, but he also ended up with a part in this episode. When Janeway is looking for Heron at the beginning of the episode, she runs into a bald blue shirt. Herman Mitchell, how have you been? Uh, never better, ma'am. Yourself? Not bad. Not bad at all. Totally inconsequential scene, but but super cool. The story for this one, though, like, it just, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Six years into this journey home, and they're just now talking about three underperformers? Then, then they encounter a mysterious nude life form that defies the known laws of physics. But they just blow them away. Now they're gone, and they're just gonna leave them in their dust? Like... How do they have a dude, honestly, how do they have a dude whose only job it is to push a button? I mean, yeah, this this one just doesn't hold up. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of nonsense. But really, this one has two major strikes against it. First, and we'll look at this in the command code section, but first, Janeway does a terrible terrible job connecting with and motivating these people. She comes across as privileged and out of touch. Honestly, if it weren't for Telfer getting possessed by a dark matter worm, the entire mission would have been a failure. And second, none of this means anything. We don't see Heron or Telfer again. And Celis shows up. Yeah. She shows up for a few moments. A few episodes from now as a, basically a person in the hallway. All this time, all of this development and nothing. Janeway is no better or worse from the experience. I mean, literally nothing changed from minute zero to the end. I can't believe Voyager was running out of story steam at this point, right? I mean, they still have an entire season to go, but very much, this is very much not the show's best outing. But would I recommend this one? Yeah, actually I would. And I'll explain why here next. Command codes verified. An entire episode focused on connecting with and providing motivation for three underperforming people. This is fantastic. We have a lot that I'm going to talk about in this one. Whose job is it to be sure every person on a team is given the opportunity to succeed? And how do they do that? Janeway knows this is her responsibility, and I'm going to talk about how she went about this, where she was right, and where she missed the boat. I'm also going to talk about one of the deadly wastes of Lean. I talked about all eight of them in the episode on DS9's Whispers, but here, today, I'm going to talk about non-utilized or wasted talent. And that's not all. Tal describes the nightmare so many people find themselves in at work. Let's look at that. Let's see why it happens and then talk about what you can do about it. The Starfleet Leadership Academy is supported by listeners just like you. Click the link in the show notes to support the ongoing production of this podcast. Before we get into the heavy stuff, I want to bring up a super quick thing that happened here. Now, They didn't play this the way I'm going to describe, but I've always jumped at the chance to rewrite Star Trek to get a point across, right? Well, when Janeway runs into crewman Mitchell, Tom Morello, I'm Tom Morello, and this is my master class. She's on her way to talk to Heron, but she doubles back to ask Mitchell, Junction Room 16. Over there, Captain. As the captain of the starship, I am wildly confident that she knows precisely where Junction Room 16 is. But she took, like one minute to exercise a little humility and ask one of the crew people for directions in that minute she helped make mitchell feel important i mean he personally helped the captain right how cool is that sometimes as leaders we need to take these small moments to help other people feel important to feel heard People love to feel important. And when they do, they'll often surprise you with the awesome things that they'll do for you. I've shared before that I used to manage movie theaters, right? Well, if you've ever been to a movie, you know they cost an arm and a leg and people are often not very happy about something. (laughs) Kind of sounds like most retail, right? Well, somebody is always going to have a complaint. When I had a particularly aggressive complainer, I would do everything I could to make them feel important. Let me run through an example and then I'll break it down. Hi, I'm the manager, Jeff. I understand the temperature in the theater wasn't as comfortable as you were hoping. I'm really sorry that you were disappointed by that. Here's a free pass for the next time you come see a movie here, and here's my card. And can I, can I ask you a favor? The next time you come, and any time you come really, Will you find me, seek me out, or or give me a call afterwards? I want to hear about your experience. I'd really appreciate it if you'd do that for me. See, I'd walk up to them, introduce myself, and immediately acknowledge their complaint. Notice I didn't necessarily tell them they were right. I just acknowledged the complaint. Then I'd add immediate value by giving them a free pass. Those steps are critical because they know who I am, they know I'm listening, and they've already benefited from this interaction. And frankly, with those free passes, they benefited in a way that didn't cost me anything. Right from go, they're already huge winners. But then I pivoted. I did that in a way that helped to make them feel important. I asked for their help. I told them I valued their opinion, and I invited them to share it. Now, most people, I I never heard from again, right? They probably used a free movie pass and threw my card away, but that's fine. I'd rather never hear from them again and have them not complaining to everybody about my theater. You know, I mean, I'm pretty cool with that. But the ones that I did hear from, the ones that followed through, became loyal customers and even suggested some great improvements. What Janeway did here was open the door for crewman Mitchell to maybe share his thoughts and ideas in the future. She made him feel important because worst case here, the the minimum that she did was crewman Mitchell probably feels a little more connected to his captain, right? Okay. Sorry for the tangent. I thought it was important enough to get into. So let's talk about what a nightmare the workplace is for too many people. When Janeway and Celis are testing some of Heron's theories, Celis shares what her daily life looks like. On Voyager, it doesn't matter because nothing I do is that critical. Seven doesn't trust me with anything important. The crew is protected from my mistakes by the people around me, but out here I could get us killed. Could you imagine feeling like this every single day? The reality is a whole lot of people do. They feel unsupported and that their work, their work just doesn't matter. Well, then I just have to ask why couldn't the customers just take them directly to the, to the software people, huh? Well, I'll I'll tell you why. Now, some of you might be thinking that that's just the way it is, or too bad, so sad, or just get over it. Or one that I actually hear an alarming amount of the time. Well, they should just feel lucky they even have a job. Oof. (laughs) I tell you what. Ain't no company paying enough for me to feel like this. And I'm not the only one. Gallup's 2021 data has some numbers that really drive this home. 85% of employees, they study over 2.7 million workers each year. But 85% of them said they were either not fully engaged or, the absolute worst case scenario, actively disengaged at work. That's like... 2.3 million out of 2.7 that feel like CELUS. And that's not just a bunch of people not feeling good at work. That translates to, according to Gallup, about $7 trillion in lost productivity. That's trillion with a T, right? So yeah, it matters when people feel like this. But why do they? Well, there are actually a whole lot of reasons why this happens, but... I'm going to boil it down to one very simple thing. Poor leadership and terrible management. Friday is Hawaiian shirt day. In this case, Celis's manager, Seven, just sees her as a problem. And sadly, not even a problem to be solved, but a problem to be ignored. And I think this happens far too often. Managers see an underperformer, and instead of working with them, coaching them, and helping They either try to get rid of them or maybe even worse. They just ignore them. See, there's an approach to leading people that I get really excited about. And it's an approach that would really help seven and sell us here. Strength based leadership. This is where you actively work to identify the strengths that people have and then help them apply that to their work. We get to see a glimpse of that in this episode. Sallis was clearly struggling with her core work. They they even made a joke about it when she was counting down to the explosion in the planetary rings, but we saw where she shined. Janeway called it out at one point. You showed evidence of unconventional thinking. I liked that. Her idea of analyzing the whole wreckage from the first time they were damaged was a unique approach. And it really did a lot to help them get closer to a solution. Seven, if she were actively looking for her strengths, could leverage her innovative approach to things instead of trying to force her into a defined process. If nothing else, this would connect Celis to her work and stop the nightmare of her day-to-day Unskilled managers often rely on strictly defined processes and stifle the possibility of changes or innovations. They feel that they're managing their teams and achieving their outcomes if they force everyone to do things exactly the same every time. Now, yes, there are absolutely situations where a strictly defined process is important, right? The medical field is a place where I can see this, or, or operating a nuclear reactor in a metal tube hundreds of feet below the sea. Yeah, you follow those instructions step by step, yeah? But if you're most anybody else, some freedom, at least some, in getting to the required outcome will give you better outcomes. People simply have different styles, And it's critical that you let people work within their style. Here's an example of the danger of blindly adhering to a way to do things and not allowing people to utilize their strengths. So I'm a drummer, right? I've talked about that a couple of times. Back in the late 90s, that's how I made my living. I often sat in with bands as a sub or I'd record parts for bands without active drummers. In those situations, it wasn't my place to express myself musically. I was playing a part, fulfilling a role. I needed to do it their way. And that's cool, right? I mean, that's what the job was. But here's where it would get into the territory that Celis experiences. Let's say I'm sitting in with a band. Let's call them, I don't know, the Delta Flyers, right? Their drummer is out sick and I'm filling in for one of their gigs. So far, so good, right? Well, the Delta Flyers drummer happens to be left-handed and plays a six-piece with two up and two down. That means two toms on top of the kick drum and two down on the floor. Well, I'm right-handed and I generally play a five-piece with one up and two down, but they insist that I play on the other drummer's kit and that I play left-handed. Now, part of being a pro drummer is adapting to different setups, so, so I can work with the layout of the kit being different, right? Will it hinder my performance? Absolutely, yes. But, but in a way, I generally know how to manage. But switching from right to left-handed? Yikes. That is rough. I mean, I can play left-handed? A little. But I can't get in there and rock it. I am not So they forced me into this setup and style, and frankly, I suck, right? I'm terrible. I mean, the, the good thing is, I can say I, I, I probably kept the beat, you know, but I missed fills, I flubbed parts, I ruined the overall performance. They're furious, I'm embarrassed. Nobody wins at this this situation. My strength is a five-piece setup and playing right-handed. I could play every single part they had, but forcing me to do it in a way that was the opposite of my strengths ruined everything. Seven could have worked with Celis to find how she could use her thinking to better perform her duties, but instead saw her and treated her like a problem. Where can you, Focus on your team's strengths instead of forcing them into processes and approaches that simply aren't going to work for everyone. (sighs) Ha! What a waste, right? Waste is simply anything that does not create value. In the Starfleet Leadership Academy episode on DS9's Whispers, and in the blog post I wrote about this on the website, starfleetleadership.academy, I talked about the eight deadly wastes of Lean. I know, I know. Most people talk about the seven deadly sins, but but these are so bad that there are eight. And they make up this super cool acronym, downtime. That's defects, overproduction, waiting, non-utilized talent, transportation, inventory, motion, and extra processing. You can read that blog post or check out the episode for an intro to all eight, but but here Here we're gonna talk about non-utilized or wasted talent. Celis can be so much more, she can do so much more, but she isn't encouraged or really even allowed to be. They introduced this concept near the beginning of the episode in the senior staff meeting, and it's introduced, ironically, by Seven. Her feedback to the chief engineer, Torres, is about Heron, and Torres does not take it well. What's this I'm guilty of? Failure to utilize expertise. But this is literally a deadly waste. It is killing her department's performance. Heron has multiple degrees and has been published multiple times for his work in cosmology, yet she has him working in the plasma relay room literally pushing a button. That is such a huge waste. His studies and theories could be opening doors to new methods of interstellar travel, maybe learning how to navigate wormholes or or folding space, I don't know. Like, honestly, seriously, I have very little idea what cosmology even is. Cosmology is the study of the large-scale properties of our universe as a whole. But given Voyager's predicament, I can imagine his skill set and education could help them a whole lot more, like a huge amount more than flipping a switch on deck 15. Now, again, this can be resolved or at least mitigated through strength based leadership, but there is a crucial step in practicing this. Listen, this might sound like the simplest thing I've ever said, but it's probably the most powerful thing that I will ever say. As a leader, As a manager, the single most important thing you can do to effectively lead your team is to spend time with and get to know the people. I have people skills. That's it. That is the mystical, magical secret of leadership. You take time to get to know the people you work with, and then you'll understand what motivates them, what's important to them, and what their strengths are. If you hire an incredible person with experience, education, expertise, and then hand them a manual and tell them to paint by numbers and just go step one, step two, you're not only wasting this person's time and talents, but you're cheating your own team out of all they have to offer. But you are seriously also disrespecting and insulting the people that you work with. Like, It is a straight up inhumane practice to do this. And in my experience, this is the norm for so many organizations. So get out there. Talk to the people on your teams. Like my friend John S. Rennie from the Deep Leadership Podcast says, Leadership is a people business. So go out there and talk to the people. Now, all of this comes together under the heading of creating and managing a culture. In the culture Janeway works to build and promote, every single person is important. They are needed and wanted on the team. Now there are a whole lot of episodes of Voyager that show otherwise actually, and the approach in this episode is kind of beyond her character, but in this episode right now, here, she's all about it. In fact, she straight up says and owns it. Three people have slipped through the cracks on my ship. That makes it my problem. This is, of course, from the parable of the good shepherd in the Bible, told in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, with its roots in Ezekiel, chapter 34. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny oh no not that Ezekiel but the but the one where it talks about David being the people's shepherd it's not only the people's champion he's the undisputed champion but in this episode Janeway cites the gospel of Matthew chapter 18 which is the parable of the lost sheep either way the story works the good shepherd will lay down their life for their sheep and in the parable of the lost sheep the shepherd will leave 99 to go out and find the one that has gone astray or is missing. Both of those things happen here. Janeway leaves the ship in very good hands, and she goes after her three lost sheep. And then, when it's all on the line, she risks her life for that team. Now, for you, it is highly unlikely you're ever going to have to potentially sacrifice yourself to mysterious Dark Matter creatures so three of your teammates will have a chance to get to safety— But I promise you, you will have people that underperform on your team that won't be as easy as a few coaching conversations to set on the right path. You see, to me, that is the most fascinating thing about this whole episode and the thing that I think happens in most organizations that we we never talk about. These are three people that are underperforming and don't necessarily want to perform. Heron hates his job. He hates even being on Voyager. Celis is living a wide awake nightmare every single day and just wants out while Telfer, well, maybe Telfer wants to do a good job, but he has so much of his own stuff going on that he can't even think about his duties. I work with these people, right? Every day, and I'll bet you do too. Voyager is, of course, a very extreme example. The people I work with, for example, could totally leave if they wanted to they aren't we're not stranded tens of thousands of light years from home but but generally they 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 don't leave and that's an entirely separate equally fascinating topic like why don't people leave jobs they hate hmm i'm positive that we'll get into that at some point in another episode in the future but this is a situation we often find ourselves in right We don't get to wipe the slate clean, fire all the underperformers and start from scratch. And this, this is a good thing. That is a wildly expensive way to try and solve this problem. And it introduces so many uncontrollable variables. So, so you work with the people that you've got. Janeway is all for this, but Chakotay is ready to relieve them of duty and just let them hang out on the ship. What can we do? There are always a few who don't make it past their first year on a starship. Normally, they're reassigned. But in our case, maybe we should relieve them of duty and let them pursue their own interests. It certainly wouldn't hurt general efficiency. And while he's not wrong, he's missing the opportunity that Janeway sees here. She believes they can keep him on duty and improve their scores. And she puts this into practice. She starts out great. She attempts to connect and form a relationship with each person. That's critical. Relationships are literally everything when it comes to leadership. But here's where she misses the boat. She makes it all about her. She takes surface-level details about the crew and then launches into stories about her past and her experiences. Those stories are great, and they're super valuable, but, but later, right, later down the road, after you have listened to them, You've heard their stories. You've asked questions about their experiences. If you just tell me a thing about you to try to connect with me, right, especially if I don't want to be in the conversation, that's not going to go well. And honestly, had she just changed that, this could have been a success. Well, a more complete success that didn't necessarily require an emergency and near tragedy to bring everyone together. I loved how early on Janeway was clear in what she was trying to accomplish. This mission could be better served with a more experienced crew. No, not this mission. Like, yeah, the mission to chart a star cluster and learn some stuff could have benefited from a more experienced team, absolutely. But the mission here was to help motivate and re-engage these team members. So here's what you can do right now to achieve this mission as well. Janeway identified a low stakes operation, but not a trivial one, right? Like this assignment mattered and there were real risks associated with it. What happens in your workplace that's the same? Maybe it's a qualifying meeting or call with a potential customer. Maybe it's leading the teardown after a day on site, or maybe it's working the till after the lunch rush, right? Do they, do they even still call it a till by the way? (laughs) Or is that my age that's showing? Yikes. Well, The next thing she did after she identified that task was she accompanied them. So you do the same. Let them know what the job is or the task. Prepare them for the weird stuff that might happen and and then join in with them. And then here's where you go a little opposite of Janeway. You let them take charge. Let them take center stage and you just play support for them. And the whole time engage with them, listen to them. Ask questions about them. People absolutely love talking about themselves. So, so let them do that. I remember, I remember working the till at the buffet I worked at back in high school. I've talked about my incredible boss there, Jason, before. What an incredible person. I learned so very much from him. But one day, it was kind of slow between the lunch and dinner rushes. I was bussing tables that day, but the work was, was pretty slow. So he let me work till for about an hour. I'd never done it before. He showed me the basics and then let me rock it, right? He hung out for a while and then checked in from time to time. But he let me take charge in a controlled way that minimized risk. It was great. I learned a new skill. And look, (laughs) like 30 years later, I'm still talking about the impact it had on me. That's what I call engaging and providing motivation for the people you work with you can do this exact same thing for your team and the people that you work with. You've probably heard the ad that I include on the podcast for the free copy of the performance review I put together. In case you skipped it, real quick, I developed a performance review document based on what Saru did in Discovery's Choose Your Pain. And it's pretty cool. And all you have to do to get it is head over to Starfleetleadership.academy join the mailing list or you can click the link that's in the show notes. I just wanted to take a moment to personally invite you to get this performance review template and to join the mailing list. I send a newsletter out every other week usually when a new episode comes out and I include some pretty cool stuff in there. There's some deeper dives into some of the concepts that I talk about on the podcast and I share other fun things going on with the Starfleet Leadership Academy. So head on over, it's starfleetleadership.academy or click on the link in the show notes and join today. You can also connect with me on Twitter at SFLA Podcast and on most all the social media at Jeff T. Aiken. That's Jeff, T, as in Tom Morello, A-K-I-N. I would love to hear from you on the socials about how you offered an opportunity for the people on your team to do something that both built engagement, and help to provide motivation for them computer what are we going to watch next time Working. oh this is a big one the 19th episode of the fifth season of the next generation the first duty wesley crusher is at starfleet academy and part of nova squadron an elite group of pilots at the academy we not only get peak Picard in this one, but we also get the introduction of Tom Paris actor, Robert Duncan McNeil to the world of star Trek. This is one I have been eager to do ever since I started this podcast. I'm excited to dive in with you and would like, honestly, I'd like to ask you a favor because I'm so excited about this to get ready for this episode. Will you tell a friend or a colleague or someone you think would enjoy and benefit from the podcast about the Starfleet leadership Academy? That would mean the absolute world to me. And until then, ex astra scientia. In the 30th episode of the Starfleet Leadership Academy, discovery, choose your pain. I talked about the incredible performance review that Saru set up for himself. Now, there's a tool that enables you to do the same thing for yourself and your teams. For your free copy of this tool, visit starfleetleadership.academy and join the mailing list. You'll not only get a free copy of this incredible tool, but you'll also hear about other cool things going on with the Starfleet Leadership Academy. Visit starfleetleadership.academy today and get your free copy. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on ElectroCast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. ElectroCast. ElectroCast.